difference between sci-fi and fantasy? Welcome to Fools in Fiction. Uh, this episode is a special episode because it is the last one of Joe and me being at school in the same location together. And also, uh, we are recording this on the same day as an event called Movie Feast, uh, which is put on by the Sci-Fi Fantasy Club, which we call Skiffy, uh, where we watch a movie from, or not a single movie, but we watch <laughs> movies from uh, 6, a, or 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. on a Friday and Saturday in the middle of finals. So we thought, why not record with the Skiffy exec board of which uh, Joe and I are part of. So if you all want to introduce yourselves. I'm that guy who talked about anime once that time. <laughs> what, what is your position in Skiffy, oh mighty that, shit poster in chief? That one time you talked about anime? One time? One time. <laughs> yeah. One time on this. Only one time. What, what the I fans know, will remember. What the fans the people want Or I told Joe and Finn that their opinions were shit. Anyway, that's Cody. Uh, Secretary. I'm Ailish. I'm the vice president, the newly elected vice president of Skiffy. I'm Kate. I'm the grizzled old um, <laughs> treasurer and one half of this year's next treasurer. Uh, I am now co-treasurer with Kate. I am the fresh uh, doe-eyed idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't like being the fresh prince of Bel Air. <laughs> The fresh treasure of Skiffy. And, and I, I'm Finn, as you all know, I'm the president. And also we have someone who's not a member of the exec board who's just here. Well, I am club liaison to Wordshop, which is an unofficial exec position. Oh, right? yeah. Um, uh, and it's one that I definitely don't not do anything for. <laughs> I'm Jonah. Um, and we might have more people just kind of filing in uh, since we are setting up for Movie Feast right now and have to finish the recording before that starts. So excuse us if uh, the audio is a little weird because we're in a weird echoey classroom and people are funneling in. Um, it's organic. Yeah, this is kind of like a celebration last episode on campus thing. So our topic for today is uh, what's the difference between sci-fi and fantasy to kind of fit the, the skiffy theme. Uh, I've done some thinking about this. Anyone have any immediate thoughts? So upon Googling it, <laughs> no, Google is, is Harry Potter science fiction or fantasy, mm, which I feel is a fiction. bad question. That is bad a bad question. question. <laughs> All right, no, I, I'm actually seeing half of the point. It's wrong, but I see the logic. <laughs> it's when a question it's like is wrong to even a- ask. Like, it's not a good question. I mean, I mean, I mean, Star Wars is fantasy. Prove me wrong. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, okay, so they all fall under the, the umbrella of speculative fiction, which is, in, in our Poe class, something I, I most recently learned, that speculative fiction is not, in fact, only sci-fi, but also fantasy. So they're much closer than I once thought they were. So um, what's the thing being speculated on in speculative fiction? I think... <laughs> Future noise. Anything well, that isn't happening things. now. There's, like... Like, I associate science fiction with, like, speculating about scientific advancements yeah. and, like, future and, like, dystopian. Yeah, but any sufficiently dystopian. advanced technology is indistinguishable from magic. Is it? Yeah. Like, you, I mean, you, you if, had that in your sleeve the entire time. I did. Yeah. You, you threw out your trump card yeah. way too much. <laughs> I know. By that logic, a fantasy that's a, an otherwise fantasy setting set in the future would be sci-fi. Because what's it the future it's of? An advanced what's it the future <laughs> What well, My opinion... It's the future. It's the future. Well, that's the present. Whose past is that? My, <laughs> the future of the first age. Well, yeah. my opinion on sci-fi and fantasy is I always feel that like sci-fi has more to deal with humans like making things yeah. or like 
uh, creating things. Not well, as fantasy <laughs> has to do with like humans uh, using things that like already yeah, exist. Yeah, that kind That's of that, that falls into the idea I had a while ago. That was, and I don't think this is right anymore. But the idea I had was that science fiction is we are, or it's that we're the same, but the world is different. And fantasy is that we're different, but the world is familiar. But I don't, I don't think that's I the think case. Like there's just the opposite of, of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I always figured that sci-fi would be a little bit more, and I, I almost regret to say this, but more realistic than fantasy, because sci-fi, I always thought was, you know, speculative, because you could, you know, speculate on, hey, it actually could happen. It, it, that's see, true. I always considered that, like, science fiction, you have to, like, Bullshit your justification for why things are so fancy. You're just like, it's magic. It could just be like genre things or genre mm-hmm. tropes. I mean, yeah. I don't yeah. think it's just a matter of subject matter, it's how that matter is presented. Like mm-hmm. a deep dive into the inner workings of a magic system from like some scientists first discovering it for the first time and trying to figure out how it works. Despite it being a purely magical concept, is still going to be sci-fi. Yeah, like that magic very dress. Whereas some like random kid who discovers the same system and uses it to fight monsters, that's going to be fantasy. That that's yeah. a really good point. That, like having to do with the origin of technologies. Yeah, because like I think sci-fi always wants to be a little too highfalutin. Like it always wants to show its work mm-hmm. a little too much. Whereas fantasy just is like, uh, it's like suspend your disbelief, just believe that it works, and let's go on an adventure. Which is why I feel like uh, Star Wars is more fantasy than it is sci-fi, because it, like, sure, it has, like, spaceships and everything, but the thing that we suspend our disbelief on is the Force. Yeah. And like, yeah. mm-hmm. It's also why people have such a weird disconnect when Star Wars tries to bring things like midichlorians in. Because it, oh, yeah. like, yeah. it doesn't feel on message with everything else that the thing really does. Because it, midichlorians is unequivocally a sci-fi concept, whereas the rest of Star Wars is fantasy. Mm-hmm. I kind of wanted to go into, um, kind of related to the midichlorians note, it seems like it's kind of turning the Star Wars magic system, as it were, from a, a soft magic system into a hard magic system. Yeah. I wonder if you could argue that a hard magic system would be closer to sci-fi than to, to fantasy. So, so yeah, that bring, that, I think that relates well to sci-fi short stories, which often mm-hmm. are like in a very like magical setting that are very speculative, like you all were saying, um, like Ted Chiang stuff. I don't know if anyone's read like a story of your life that became a rival. No, tell us about it. Um, that's a bad example because that takes place on Earth. But like, there's a lot of stories he writes that don't take place on Earth, like uh, Tower of Babylon that Anna had us read in a in, in a book club, oh, okay. where it's these people on this planet that it turns out is a giant Taurus, uh, but they don't understand that, and they're uh, like, like a, a donut. Like a donut. Oh, and, I was just talking to my we're, physics we're TAs about this. <laughs> <laughs> Look, yeah. I didn't know what a Taurus was until like I came to college, and I'm a math major. So, so the, the the thing with the yeah, so the thing was we didn't know that until the very end because it was all about they were trying to drill into the vault of heaven, uh-huh. which was this big like uh, white rock that was in the sky and they'd built this big tower and it was all about the societies of people living inside the tower and all like the histories of the people that had gone up in the past and all like the hopes and fears that they would discover in there but like i feel like it's pretty sci-fi in the sense that i don't know i i, I guess it's what you're saying with the the discovery of it rather than yeah. the acceptance well, even though it's like in a very fantasy-esque 
Like we're, it's also not a hard line just because soft magic systems um, can be sci-fi just as hard magic systems can be fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, in the case of Star Wars, just how like this spaceships and light speed and fancy guns is still very much fantasy. Mm-hmm. Well, I my thing with like the difference I feel is that as a reader, whenever I feel fantasy, I get more filled with just like kind of wonderment and like a sense of adventure whereas society society sci-fi bleh, <laughs> we live in a we live we in a sci-fi, sci-fi. Uh, but my when i read sci-fi there feels like not wonderment but more like uh, not only analysis but also like questions yeah questions and also like wherein fantasy it feels better to like wander around and amble in the world sci-fi feels very directed to me as a mm, reader so like there's a there's a goal you're trying to get yeah to. whereas fantasy like in chronicles of narnia like sure there's like an end goal but they like just stop and smell the flowers along the way elysium is the name of the movie i was thinking oh what's oh, oh yeah. i okay. think i saw a trailer for that but you i don't know, know he's if trying to go up to the yeah. place yeah yeah <laughs> that's what that reminded me of sorry it has nothing to do with anything oh we're talking about <laughs> not right. nothing to do with anything we're talking about is like the motto of this podcast <laughs> but n- now all i can think about is like jupiter ascending science fiction oh, no oh, <laughs> oh man okay uh, jupiter ascending a mistake talk about the mixing of the genre jupiter ascending <laughs> is a fusion between the two which can be summarized yes as a mistake disowned by both genres yes I it is belonging to another i don't know any we, we, we got to watch it in movie piece we got to watch it we no, have access to it let me look and see if i can find it somewhere but keep going I think it's on Netflix. Oh. Yeah, so, Netflix so has stooped low. To, su- to summarize time. Jupiter Ascending for Kate, okay. there's, uh, it takes place, well, it starts off on Earth, and so it's by the Wachowski sisters. Okay. Um, you would think that they would make good content, as normally they do. You would think. But, uh, okay. Yeah. I think Cody has HBO. No. No? Have HBO. Yeah, you have HBO. Somebody's got HBO. Anyway, uh, it's no, like, Chris it's this girl, Sorry. and she's like, I love telescopes since I was a kid, and then aliens come, and they're like, you're a queen because of the bees, and all the bees can tell she's the queen. The the, the bees. The bees. The bees can tell. And then Eddie Redmayne screams. And then that's pretty much That's the, the worst well, performance like, like, I've ever seen by anyone. She's the queen because so, she's the exact same genetic okay, sequence to, to as actually, the queen. What I gather from this is Eddie Redmayne is in it. Yes. No, no, it's not his finest it's show. It's not Eddie Redmayne, it's his evil twin. No. Okay, to, to give an actual summary of Jupiter Ascending, it's basically this girl finds out that she's the reincarnation of an alien queen. The queen bee. Um, because bees like her. It's just um, a sequel to the bee movie. And, uh, no. I hope the fuck not. Um, and <laughs> there's this rich family of alien, like, people who have been colonizing planets and making them so that they can melt people down to make themselves immortal. Where's the fantasy? And Earth is just this giant farm for immortality juice, and that's why the planet exists. And so she goes into space with the help of um, a, a furry wolf man and tries to stop them. I is think the, the fantasy... Eddie Redmayne? No. no. The... It, it's Channing Tatum? It, the movie yeah. was also yeah. very much set up to be the first part of a trilogy, but a- after the movie tanked, that just didn't happen. Thank the, fuck. The fantasy is in just, like, the, the, the whole vibe of it. Yeah. Like, is join like, the lost the, the, like, the cemetery of abandoned like, trilogies. Yeah. The, the mechanics... Of it, all of this aren't explained except for they like yeah, talk like the about how gravity boots. They so talk about like, gravity they waves or that something. Humans it yeah. make 
Like, if you melt them down, make you immortal, but they don't really talk about how because it's not important. Yeah. Okay, but where's the fantasy? Um, just the vibe. It's like the vibe. I mean, it's not just a vibe. It's sort of a. It's supposed to be like an adventure. Yeah, and it's not just. It's, it's just like, like bringing it back around to our topic. No, no. sci-fi. We, Sci-fi, I mean, we can have adventures, too. We can have and, we can As much as we've made fun of them, things like the bees are more a hallmark of fantasy. I think it's less a pheromones thing and more a they're, they recognize their leader. Like a Disney princess. So like it's, yeah. a, it's a magic yeah. type thing. Yeah, I, I think it's that all the discovery happens immediately, and then we're in this unfamiliar world. Yeah, which right. is why it's kind of trying to be both, but doesn't really. Like, yeah. it, it's yeah. definitely more sci-fi than fantasy. Yeah, I, um, I would argue that the, the unfamiliar world, that is a staple of sci-fi yeah. as well as fantasy. Well, it, but it also has the big That's space true. opera vibes. Which, it does have space yeah, opera. Which yeah, just, space like, opera. The, the crazy thing about space opera is that, like, space opera is almost never sci-fi. It's almost always fantasy. Fantasy. Really? And how I like yeah. perceive the content. I mean, space opera is a fantasy that is it's fantasy in sci-fi's territory, but uh-huh. it is fantasy. And Jupiter Ascending is kind of like that, though it pulls elements from classic fantasy and sci-fi in it. And man, I it's just, just like a regretting weird, talking about Jupiter. So, weird <laughs> so I went ahead and threw it in the spite bag because it's a very <laughs> spite bag movie. And for content warning, I put uh Badness and implied bestiality. Definitely <laughs> implied bestiality. Yeah. Also, this movie, I think, and all the others of space operas, is what makes us grateful to have this umbrella term of speculative fiction to yeah. classify oh, yeah. it under, because it is closer than it first appears. I think. So what's the? So I think that leads us to a broader question as well, which is, what's the use of differentiating between the genres? I mean, I think part of it was that fantasy, like way back when, sci-fi was less of a concept. So all we had was fantasy to talk as sort of the umbrella for what we now call speculative fiction. Mm-hmm. And with the advent of technological developments like we've had in the past century, things like space start becoming more prevalent. Yeah. Things like scientific discovery become more prevalent. Kind of concerned and, about progress and things. Yeah, like yeah. progress-focused rather than like exploration-focused. Or if we're going back to the, the, um, the gothic ages where the kind of speculative fiction yeah. was rooted more like the fear of progress yeah, yeah. and the Victorian cultural anxiety because yeah, it's progress because it's like a, a hallmark of a lot of fantasy <laughs> this isn't that, like your final paper oh, I gotta use my English major powers guys <laughs> this is the only time we get to use them yeah we don't yeah. do you think we get to do use this in real life <laughs> but like a hallmark of fantasy a lot of times is that there isn't much progress in the setting itself like mm. uh, yeah. a lot of the new things that are new to that setting were either made thousands of years ago or within the protagonist's generation. And then, steampunk. And Well, steampunk is its own thing. But well, the, I thought you were going to say, and then everything changed. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, just, well, I, I really expected I was thinking of Legend of Korra, because that is kind of just and dramatic I know, change. Yeah, because Avatar was mostly fantasy, I'm oh, going to argue. I, mean, I, d- I don't think anyone would say that Avatar is not mostly fantasy. Yeah, but then but, once you get to Legend of Korra, it becomes more sci-fi. Because there's more technological advances, I and that feel, becomes kind of the forefront I of the don't show. Know. It's still like a fantasy yeah. story, I yeah, feel, but a sci-fi, sure. sci-fi also, like setting, you know. It also yeah, kind it of feels that like it. it's fantasy fighting sci-fi because, yeah. Yeah. like, it feels like Korra. Like in, in season the last, like <laughs> it, it's literally Korra, <laughs> the fantasy <laughs> character, fighting like a Gundam. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't so, know what happens at the end. I've so. only seen the first two right. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, I seen this. Wait, you've only seen what? I've only seen the, the first, first two seasons of Legend of Korra. Alright, well seen that's the first one. A, a damn tragedy, because three and four are the best of I've them. Heard. Really? You are, I've heard the absolute opposite. You are a fool. <laughs> Alright, 
It's counting the Avatar 1, 2 partner. 3 and yes. 4 are the best of them. Alright, that, that's literally what I was going Avatar, to say. The Avatar 1, 2 parter is potentially the best thing that either show created. Um, what? The Avatar 1, 2 parter? What? what does that mean? In season 2, there's a two part episode. It was like they... about the first <laughs> Avatar. Yes. Back before oh, Avatar 1. Oh. Oh, no, his name is Wong. His name is Wong. Yeah, yeah. Oh. that was in Legend of Korra, wasn't yes. it? Not yeah. original Avatar. Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking no, about Wong. I did not get that episode. But, like, so one of the things that I think makes Avatar feel more fantasy than Legend of Korra is that it just takes everything as a given mm-hmm. uh, and it also treats everything in a much more like mythological mm-hmm. context. It's very folklore too. It's definitely like, yeah, oh, the which, waterbending yeah. they learned from the moon and stuff like that. Yeah, which like regardless of whether or not it's true um, feels very fantasy but in like yeah. uh, Korra there's like a lot of talk about the specifics of things and also even with the uh, the Avatar one thing it's very much like not folklore it's like this is a uh, history um so there's this uh short story that we also read for book club um mm-hmm. where uh there was like this main character is like the son of a shaman or no he's the son of a priest mm-hmm. and only priests were allowed to touch metal and it's in this like fantasy mm-hmm. world and like where everyone is very um localized into these small communities uh and he had to go out and get like medicine or explore or something and uh just like he he has these these small adventures where he's learning more about the world but it's very much steeped in like all this tradition and all this culture um surrounding things and then it turns out the big twist is that this is post-apocalyptic earth and a lot of the things he's interpreted as these spiritual objects are in fact like things that we would recognize like buildings and cars yeah that's like one of my favorite, like newer tropes in science fiction. I think it's Earth. Like, that yeah, it's, that it's yeah, Earth. Like the one, the one example I always think of is like Adventure Time. You know, where it's like, oh yes, fantasy, yes. and then you're like all yeah. these like destroyed cities and stuff like that, and you're like, oh shit. I haven't watched. Yeah, Adventure Time's a series that like said, oh, you have weird fan theories about what happened. It's like all weird, dark. You're right. Dragon mm-hmm. <laughs> Ice King's backstory on that drop. That's like what fun, man. Yeah. Uh, by the way, real quick, for context, we're doing a podcast, but feel free to talk. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 it's no, fine. No, no, the point is that we yeah, want yeah, to yeah. get the mattresses. <laughs> but yeah, let me know yeah. if you want me to not have you in the podcast or oh, anything. It's fine, it's fine. Okay. If you're fine with me being on, I'm fine. Do you mind if I use your last name in the credits? Sure, Wells, Andrew Wells. All right, thanks. Sorry for like not giving you any warning. I like <laughs> we're we're conscious that we set this up in a room where people would be walking. Yeah. In. Yeah. Um, I, I have a question. Okay. Yeah, feel free to join in the conversation if you want. Because um, we were talking about, you know, the umbrella of speculative fiction and all that. Yeah. And I just remembered that there's something else that goes under it, and it's horror. Yeah. Horror? Yes. yes. My what, favorite. It, so, is that like speculating about the unknown? Yeah. yeah. About I mean, death, what comes after. I mean, horror is basically just take fantasy or sci fi and then make it like scary. Themed. Yeah. So, horror themed. kind of fits nicely with any of these. You can have horror fantasy, you can have horror sci fi. Horror, you horror. You can have horror outside of Gothic horror. Gothic horror. Gothic horror is probably just comedy, but you don't tell a punchline. Ooh. Yeah, horror is well yeah, comedy. Like and Seal are so good at. Like that's a really interesting observation. That's why, like, that's why, uh, like, scary movie, the franchise uh, yeah, yeah. is like so, so good. The line is very thin. 
But you think like like looking back the first time I heard Jordan Peele was making horror movies, I'm like that's bizarre. But like looking back at some of their skits from like yeah, Key and Peele, like the one I think of is the yeah, unlimited. Twilight Zone episode. The, the unlimited the breakfast the buffet. Breakfast buffet. Oh, yes. That's like the only one I've seen. Some of that on the spike there. Yeah. Yeah. We should. We're thinking of putting Jupiter Ascending in the swipe. We're not thinking about it. It's been done. We're just coming up yeah. with new things. You want to explain the spike bag? Oh, yeah, we've, sure, yeah, we've yeah. been talking about it for only half the podcast yeah, now. for the podcast listeners, uh, so Movie Feast, as I explained, is where we watch um, movies from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m., and uh, in order to decide what movies we want to watch, we have a, a poll, essentially, or it's not... It's not democracy. Yeah, yeah democracy. It's, a, it's a vote. But it's we're always vote. voting also against the spite bag, which is just this big bag of things that are not always movies. It's a metaphorical bag. It's a spreadsheet. It's a metaphor. It really is. But uh, you could take the movie you voted for, or you could have a spite bag, which could be anything. Yeah, and it, it could was... be good. It can't be good. It no one puts good. good things in we this want hey, I put, the spite bag. I put my we did. sixteen in there. Yeah. But basically, if the spite bag wins, something is chosen at random, and yes. we have no say. So the yeah. more you put in the spite bag, the more power you have. So that's the horror element of the spite bag. Yes. Uh, I was speaking of um, horror and the way it works with sci-fi, the Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. That well, feels very sci-fi to me. I actually, I personally prefer The Outer Limits to, uh, to Twilight Zone because Twilight Zone... Yeah. Twi- like Outer Limits always felt like it pushed the envelope more. Like, would you say it went to the outer oh. limits? That's the fucking joke, Cody. <laughs> um, he figured it out. <laughs> but yeah, with the with the Twilight Zone, it was very much like here's the plot and here's the twist. But with Outer Limits, it would always be like, uh, like it might show the twist like really earlier. It might. Ha- it, it always felt like it had slightly more to say. Uh, I always felt a little bit more freaked out by The Outer Limits than I did by The Twilight Zone. I'm going like, to have to watch it then. I've never heard of it. Yeah. Twilight Zone for its aesthetics, its tone. Yeah. yeah like, Personally, it was my childhood. It was what introduced me to a lot of these sci-fi horror concepts. That image. Like, the first episode of The New Twilight Zone, the one that was free on YouTube, I haven't seen it yet. I, I'm no scared that they're going to screw it up. <laughs> well, it's Jordan Peele, and I trust him. Or what he's just hosting is. Does he have... Uh, does he have creative control or is he just in it? God only knows. I think he's writing it. Okay. In that case, I put faith in that. I'd like to see it. Well, he's the narrator guy. Oh, by the way, guys, I'm I'm John. I'm just a random senior asshole who's been coming to Skippy for four years. So, hi. He really likes the This is a bit of a chaotic episode. I brought Atlantis with me today, but I'm probably not going to suggest that just through the slight bag. It was Atlantis science fiction or fantasy. Yes. That's a, that's an excellent closing question. Uh, um, I think that is an exercise to the <laughs> we Leave it as an exercise. No, we can't do that. I mean, let's show our work. Let's let's figure it out. I think okay. it starts off as science fiction and then it quickly switches to fantasy, and you're like, I, or not quickly, but like, I, mean, I think it. Despite I think being, it definitely starts out sci-fi. It, yeah, it definitely starts sci-fi. I think it maintains the sci-fi undercurrent all yeah. the time because it's a lot of like exploration, but instead of about like the future and stuff, it's about like what happened and reclaiming of stuff. I, I think this is a speculative travel narrative. Yeah, you're right. It's also cool because it's sci-fi from the perspective of a time when like all the fancy technology and gadgets we normally associate with sci-fi weren't there. So. 
it's more yeah, Jules Verne type of sci-fi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's steampunk sci-fi. Yeah, I would still consider it like I science agree. fiction, but then the fantasy element like takes the science I, fiction. I mean, and I, just, I like, don't know if it's, it's, it's I don't like you thought. <laughs> I think the I think that the elements you're talking about as as fantasy are more just like like. Sci-fi with even more suspension of disbelief. Mm, yeah. It's like, I oh, like, but what if you discovered this? Like, like sci-fi fantasy yeah. undertones. Yeah, the idea I think is, it is a, advanced a sci-fi science. movie about a group of explorers going to a fantasy world. Yeah, yeah. I guess if you treat it less like magic or like advanced technology, lost technology stuff like that. Oh yeah, because all the Atlantis stuff is technology based. But it's like floating crystal technology. Crystals exist. I don't like the implication that crystals aren't real. <laughs> How can crystals be real if our eyes aren't real? Conclusion of this podcast, crystals no, do exist. No, 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 Glowing blue power crystals of magic. Not yet. You've never bought a jail. You don't crystal. get that until after you get your degree. Then you yeah. get then you get to you, you walk in the back. You walk, then you rip open your diploma and there's a magic there fucking crystal are. in it. All you know is a lie. No, it, yes. no, you don't rip it open. It just comes out like the gun from... <laughs> you unfold the diploma and a crystal just pops out. Incredible. All right, I think this is a, a good place to end this episode as we only have a few more minutes before movie piece starts. Mm. Uh, this was, uh, do you have one more thing to say? I will leave an exercise to the reader. Okay, what is that? Um, so we talked... Uh, like In a similar vein to Atlantis, Disney made uh, Treasure Planet. Uh, which, yeah, which is uh, a fantastic movie. I recommend you watch it if you haven't. Um, but the point is, it's got a lot of sci-fi like technology, but it's uh, based off of Treasure Island, where the goal is just get money, get laid. Uh, and so- <laughs> that can't be a saying. Get laid, get paid, get laid, get I don't know what it's from, but it's in my brain. <laughs> so, from your, no. so uh, the point is, is that more sci-fi or is that more fantasy? And uh, Gatorade. That, Sorry, it's more Gatorade. That will be Sorry. left as an exercise to the listener. Uh, please, turn to the back and both the answers. Don't answer. I'm not going to answer. You can answer on our Reddit, which is the whole goal, which is r slash fools and fiction, or you can email us an answer at. Uh, foolsandfiction at gmail.com. You know, once, once I actually uh, want to use Does that mean this entire podcast was a plug for the podcast? <laughs> yeah, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Uh, see you next week, maybe, in which we will uh, be back to the recording setup we had last time, which turned out worked pretty well, except we have a little few technical issues to work out. For example, uh, whatever, you, you don't care. The audio will be a little bit better. Next time uh, on Dragon Ball Z. Next time on Dragon Ball Z. Same see, Dragon see, Dragon see y'all. Same Dragon Channel.